Live from the meantime in Austin, Texas, this is the Sandlot Revolution Podcast. This is what a Rambler sounds like. Delicious sparkling water made with our limestone mineral blend. This is what a Rambler sounds like. Because Rambler is made here in the U.S. of A. Ramblers do it better. Visit RamblerSparklingWater.com to learn more. Hello, sports fans. Today we're speaking with South Austin Parakeets Nick Fowler and Wes Ellis. We talk a little baseball, a lot of Sandlot, and about a very sexy photo shoot. This is Sandlot. Nice to have that bus stop right outside because when we don't have any guests, we're just like, hey, you, come on. <laughs> hey, <Yeah."> Max. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Nick Fowler, Wes Ellis, thank you for being here today. Thanks for having us, man. Thank you. From the Parakeets, uh, one of the most exciting teams god bless you <laughs> especially visually in sandlot today in sandlot wow yeah that's I think uh, so. thanks to randy and and john mostly but uh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah no i mean i think what i mean get just jumping straight into it i mean i, I don't think we could we, we couldn't do it without Wes, and we couldn't do it without rob rieger um those guys are uh, the brain child behind all the creative so yeah, no, that's, that's yeah, no, it's, it's been super exciting. I haven't played baseball in like 15 years and, um, it was just, it was exciting when my buddy Randy joined the team, you probably all, everyone listening to this, who's ever been to a Austin Sandler game probably knows Randy. He's the dude with the tattoos and muscles and wears the crop tops during practice. Um, <laughs> but it, I mean, he's, he could have. I think he could have gone pro, didn't have the right opportunities, uh, started coming to his games and started like obsessing over this idea of joining a baseball team again. And my background, I'm a director, photographer, creative director here in town. Um, so it's really fun to, to be able to like play around with a baseball team. That's, I mean, it's kind of scratching a childhood itch, like childhood West, but also at the same time taking what I know now, having fun. Did you play when you were younger? I played, um, Played until I was like 14. I moved a lot. I moved like, this is like, gets dark and serious real quick, but moved like every 10 months, most of my life. So I never could stay on a team long enough to like prove that I was good. And I was also like one of the bigger kids on on team. So I was typically like when I try out for teams when I was like 12, 13, I didn't know anyone, but I was like nine inches taller than everyone. So the coaches were like, yeah, put them in. And I don't know where, but um, yeah, I never was able to stick to a team for long. So I, I never got to play as much as I wanted to. But. Yeah, a lot of people have said it's, this is like a do-over yeah. for them from high school or from Little League or from whatever it was where they didn't have a great experience. Exactly. Um, well, we're uh, we're already going here, but we got Daniel Northcutt and what's your name? <laughs> Tim. <laughs> Timmy. Tim, Mac, Tim Hood. <laughs> Tim likes to uh, do... <laughs> Uh, kind of a quick draw thing here, and so we're going to let him take it away. I, and I am going to quick draw the hell out of you guys here in just a bit. But first, I think I think it'd be amiss if we didn't talk about a little MLB of recent history, right? We got the All Star Game, which was two weeks ago. We got a pretty big, um, uh, what do you call it, uh, trade deadline going on right yeah. now. How would you see what the Padres did today? Yeah. Oh my God! Like what? A, like. I, I feel bad for Mets because they were. I feel like they were, they were the team that I think feel like everybody was really, uh, kind of hoping that Soto would land, and that did not happen. And now he's on the Padres, and the Mets got really screwed. Um, out of Wait, that trade. I I was working today. Probably the only one of five of us working today. <laughs> what happened? I missed it. I lost some money. <laughs> Yeah, uh, no, so uh, Juan Soto. So news today: Juan Soto uh, has is going to the Padres. What? Yeah, um, there was a couple trades. And they got Bell too. The Padres got Bell too. That's that's, that's yeah. That's, that's the, big the other one. Yeah. That's the other one. Um, and admittedly, I haven't like checked all the trades for the uh, that's happening in the MLB. I know Christian Vasquez went to the Astros. Uh, there was, and then uh, Jake Odorizzi, the Astros traded away to uh, the Braves, and they picked up what's his name? I didn't hear about that one. Yeah, no, like lefty reliever, so they picked him up, and they still need a center fielder, but uh, 
They picked up somebody else. So that's Austin, that's what I do. That's Austin what I do Riley now. signed a 10-year, $234 million contract today. So Jeez, shout out Austin Riley. Must yeah. be nice. Well, poor little fella. Hey, what Soto cost? Oh, man, yeah. I, I didn't even look at it. Um, it has I to be in the 400s, right? It's got to be close, yeah. Who, who was the uh, that poor... Red Sox that that got uh, blown up on he was blown up on Instagram. That's Christian Vasquez. Oh, okay, who got yeah. traded to the he, Astros? Yeah, like yeah, like in the middle of the series too. He had no. <laughs> I don't think he had no idea. And that's, I mean, this is a whole conversation that I would love to have about just the MLB and just how terrible they are at communicating and marketing. But so he's already in Houston because Boston's playing yeah. the Astros last night. But he can't be in the dugout because they didn't have an extra. They were wearing their space. Jam mm-hmm. unis, you know, and they didn't have an extra shirt for him to wear, so <laughs> which is insane. Yeah, like can't you go to the? Don't the, you have the, zero through a thousand just standing you, by? Or go to the gift shop. Yeah, <laughs> can't somebody run upstairs at gift shop? <laughs> so hopefully you'll be in there tonight. But uh, anyway, the, my big deal with it all is I'm a big Stroh's fan. I know Nikki is too, and uh, I just I'm hoping Stroh's Padres instead of Stroh's Dodgers. Assuming we can beat the Yankees and make the World Series, but yeah. uh, the Padres are—I've always loved their team and their brown uniforms and their—I don't know if you see what they're doing this year with the yellow and orange and white and every other color. But uh, they're—you know—who doesn't want to go to San Diego for a game? I mean, San Diego has a stadium, though. If you, if you guys have ever, you know, gotten a chance to go, it is impressive. Uh, you know, of all the ballparks that exist in the U.S., that's the one to me that. Uh, that's the one to me that stands out the most. The food is amazing. Uh, the beer, I mean, every every brewery that you can imagine that's del- like that's delicious that comes from California is there, like on tap. It's fantastic. But also, too, I mean, just from like a history standpoint, like Tony Gwynn, I mean, come on, like RIP, but that guy was the Padre, in my opinion. Oh, yeah. And growing up, I mean, my favorite, one of my favorite ball players, and it was like a huge influence on me, even though he's also passed away, was Ken Caminetti. Like yeah. I, I loved that guy. Growing we had him. Before, he was also an Astro at one before point. or after. He was a Padre after the Strohs. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He started his career, I think, with the Strohs, and then got traded in the mid nineties. He died in a hotel room or something. Didn't he? Yeah, he he was one of those. He he did a lot of substances, and it, I caught up to him eventually. Yeah, unfortunately, I know people like that. Um, the other thing about the All Star Game was about two weeks ago. And it, I don't know for sure that it was the quickest all-star game in history, but it was a quick game. And, you know, they have control over all that stuff, right? They can drag it out, they, you know, and you'd think that they would want to be in front of the air more and more. But what's the number one knock that you hear when people, for people not wanting to watch an MLB game, right? They're too long. They're too long. And so it was it was three to two at the end, and you expected it to be tie up three to three and go to some extra innings or something maybe. And like, nope, it was under two hours. Well, or not this year, though. If it was tied up, they were going to go to the home run derby. Oh, really? Yeah, that was a new rule they had this year. I didn't know that. Yeah. I yeah. like that. So they were going to, like, nominate whoever you put out there, whoever you want, and slug away? Yep. That's pretty cool. Yeah. We should do that. They should do that regular season. Regular season? Yeah. Yeah, why not? Make it quicker. Speed, I'm all about speeding the game up. Yeah. I'm all about miking more players up. Like I loved, I loved, and no pitcher in their right mind would probably be mic'd up every single inning or even every single game. But I really did enjoy the fact that I can't remember which pitcher it was, but somebody was like, "Hey, throw a back foot slider," and he like <laughs> completely missed. Yeah, you know, just the human element of the game. And he was like, uh, "He's like, well, didn't uh, he's like didn't do that right?" But uh, he's like, "I tried." Like yeah. I want, I want way more of that. I think miking up the game would make it a lot more fun, especially for kids. Yeah, yeah. I have friends who don't care about baseball at all, but I'll show them like uh, just more recently in like the twenty twenty one season, like those mic'd up player videos on yep. YouTube, and they just yeah. they're laughing the whole time because it's something so funny about being in the ear of a professional player while they're playing their sport. Like, well, they're you're not in, you're never in. Uh, you're never in like a football player's ear. I mean, it's yeah. just, it's amazing. It's incredible in yeah. hockey yeah. as well. And it's like, yeah, I, I don't understand why they don't do it for baseball either. There's a, uh, um, there's a company called pods. No, no ear. I'm sorry. Earbuds and their local company. And they let you tune into your favorite players, what they're listening to live. And it's like, 
why not? Like it's if if it's going to be X rated, just put an explicit thing on there, and you know have have the, the the kids controls and all that stuff. But yeah, mic up anybody. It, it's, it's we've got too much out in public eye anyway. Like nobody's hiding anything. Yeah, not at all. And but that's also what I love about Sandlot, right? Is like there are no rules <laughs> right. at all. We can do whatever we want, anytime. Yeah, I've been wanting to talk to you about that incident. <laughs> <laughs> the dude, I forget, I'm blanking on his name, but the dude for the uh, the senators wore a go strapped a GoPro to his helmet when we played him a month or so ago, and he went to the plate, and he's got the you know, and then he let yeah. a, he let other people wear it, and we all had those who wore it had video of, the, of their at-bats when it was over. Awesome. We, uh, in fact, I'm just thinking this is the first time I've seen you since Disfalk Field, um, thanks to the Moon Towers, uh, Jim, and, and, uh, and Elliot, and then certainly Chris Del Conte got a handful of us out on uh, Disfalk for a game two Sundays ago. Uh, but we t- took videos left and right, and Big Ed, our first baseman, um, was Mike? We called it mic'd up because he had he's playing first base. And he's holding his phone. You can hear him breathing heavy. <laughs> <laughs> and he and he he, he pitches thrown ball, pitches thrown strike, pitches thrown whack. Shortstop, he is boom. He drops his phone in the sand, and you just hear cleats running around. And he, he, uh, he you know makes a, I guess he makes you don't know if he makes a play because his phone's in the dirt. But <laughs> but uh, we call we were calling that mic'd up. Yeah, we should we should start. Uh, yeah, definitely the next Sandlot Revolution Sunday game. We need to give one of those wireless mics to somebody out in the field. Just, just to, they can no stick it in their back pocket, you know. No brainer. And, yeah. Let the crowd suggest questions. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> All right. Um, thanks for that. I got. I'll be real quick with my quick draw questions today, uh, so we can get to the meat of the interview. Thank you guys for being here. Um, I'm just gonna fire some questions at you. I'm not going to tell you not to think a lot about them if you don't want to, but or if you do want to, but um, the, the format is not to. Um, Nick, but this question is going to go to both of you. Nick, you first. Uh, who's the teammate you'd take to a bar fight with you? Probably Hal, because I feel like Hal would diffuse the situation, and he's also a big guy. So if he needed to, to hit somebody in the sorry hit somebody in the face, then. Uh, yeah, I think that I think that might work. Wes is I'm sitting right next to Wes for the first time. He's a pretty big dude. <laughs> he's also yes, he's long. Yeah. yeah, I think I think Randy and I at a bar, no one's fucking with us. But <laughs> Randy and I also aren't picking fights at bars. So <laughs> that's the secret. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I like that. I like the going with the diffuse who would diffuse it first. Yeah. yeah. And nobody wants to lose a tooth at our age. Yeah, no. All right, let's talk water for a bit. Are you uh what do you prefer? Lake, ocean, or river? Um, the swimmer to drink <laughs> all the above. Are you drinking ocean water? <laughs> okay. Uh, I'm going to go ocean. I'm going to go ocean, uh, to swim lake, but to like hang out by ocean. Cause I was, I grew up very afraid of sharks, even though I grew up in Florida. So don't really fuck with swimming in the ocean. So speaking of Florida, um, did, I heard you used to dress up as Minnie Mouse or something. <laughs> Yes, I used to, speaking of my height, I was uh, hanging out with Chewbacca in the sun in college um, nice. for about two hours uh, at a time. Or actually, I'm sorry, about three hours a day, about 30 minutes at a time. Um, I cannot do the impression of Chewbacca for you so if you're going to ask that next. <laughs> do you have like a voice mic or something? Yeah, it's like a, it, you, you trigger the noise to make and you like puppeteer your mouth. So Nick practiced that, uh, that both <laughs> you and Randy worked at Disney World. Summer jobs or what? During college? Or yeah, what? it was. You, it, you it both was, had costumes. You both were characters. It was during college. Um, we actually, Randy and I went to high school together, and we were not friends. Uh, we were, we knew each other, but we weren't really friends. He and was then, really good at baseball. You suck, so he couldn't <laughs> hang out with you. He's kind of dorky, dressed up in like Pokemon costumes. You go to school, like that's really? actually not a joke. Really? Cosplay. <laughs> Big cosplay guy. <laughs> Um, but, uh, no, I, uh, we just, I mean, again, with moving a lot, I never really had a ton of friends growing up. So I just, Randy was like the quarterback on a football team. I was the kid with a camera taking photos. Um, but then fast forward like four years after I graduated high school, I was at a Disney audition and I saw this dude who looked like Randy, who was more muscular than what I remembered Randy looking like. And I messaged him on Facebook and I was like, are you at a Disney audition right now? And he's like, yeah. And that was 2015, I think. 
2015. And ever since then, we've been, like, attached to the hip. So, yeah. Good. All right, a couple more. Uh, this one's for both of you also. Would you rather run with the bulls or ride a bull? Ride a bull. Yes. You ever see that movie, Eight and a Half? Eight and a Half Seconds? Say run. Yeah. I'm with you. I'm going to say run. I'm with you. Yeah. I'm fast as fuck. <laughs> ride. I want to ride. It's over. <laughs> I don't like running. I'm fast I mean, as fuck, but I'm timid with things. I'd fall the hell off a bull. <laughs> to be fair, if you ride when you fall off and you will fall off, you better fucking ride. So it's like you That's get both best of both worlds. That's true. True. Howard, what's your answer to that one? Ride. Yeah. There's a new. Got it. it looks like a cowboy. He does kind of He does. He, you're right. I should have even. I should have known. There's a new uh, league starting here in town. It's the dude. Um, you talked about this last time. Did I? So I'll shut up. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Sandlot bull riding. <laughs> no, that's not a bad idea. Anyway, I'll, we, we, we've, we've chatted enough. Uh, I'll hit you with one more. Uh, let's talk music real quick. What's the last show, Nick, that you saw that you loved? I went to Dave Matthews uh, not too long ago, like a couple months back when he was at Moody. But uh, the next one that I'm excited about is this band called Ghost. And oh, Ghost is crazy. I didn't know you like Ghost. I love Ghost. I have a friend, I have a coworker who is obsessed the whole demonic vibe of ghosts. it is it's so stupid like you see them and you think who the fuck would ever listen to this band you hear their music if you were to hear them and not know anything about them it would take you back to like that 70s 80s like uh like hard rock right and it's very like um theatrical like the metal aspect of it their music's incredible um Good. I have a different question for you, so you can't answer that okay. one. Um, for your lake trip, mm-hmm. um, you go swimming out in the boat, take your pals. You take two albums with you. What, what albums are you going to take? What, um, are the art- what are the at least what are the artists of those albums? I uh, I'm a big like Charles Gambino fan. I'd probably take the because the internet by Charles Gambino and uh, Orange by Frank Ocean. It's like Word. some R and B hip hop. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's going modern. He's got some ladies on the boat with him. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. Just me and Randy. <laughs> I feel like Randy should be here. He was he was uh, he was bummed that it, that you asked me and not him. He was like, "Are you kidding me?" <laughs> if he wouldn't wear the crop tops, I mean. <laughs> and what do you mean he only wears them in practices? He wears them in games. I know. Randy, you're invited for a Sandlot Revolution podcast, Let's and go. you have to wear a crop top. Let's go. <laughs> we'll get you on here, buddy. Promise. So you good? Got yeah. those? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. yeah those are you. good. So what? Um, y'all have had a pretty big year. When did y'all start? What year? 2018. 18. So summer of 18. Yeah. yeah. So y'all have had a big year this year, it seems like. You got your first road trip in. We did. Yeah. yeah. Tell yeah. me. Tell us about that. Yeah. So our so like we went to Mississippi. That was our that was our real one, and it was magical. Um, I mean, I can't say enough good things about it. We Oxford, Mississippi. Oxford. Well, yeah, it ended up happening in Oxford. The original plan was to go. Um, so we stayed in Clark's uh, Clarksdale, and the original plan was to play on a local field there, raise money for the local little league, and naturally, uh, because it's Mississippi, it uh, poured down rain, and ended up flooding the field. Uh, like the night, literally the day that I was traveling out there i got a text that morning like hey this is what happened to the field field was underwater and then we yeah, we were able to go we were able to somehow work out a way to, to play at old miss so that yeah. was i was bummed i wasn't able to make it oh my god but. it was fantastic i mean playing on a field of that caliber was just unreal did it have real grass or it was real grass nice. yeah I mean, you could have eaten sushi off the grass. It was so like, yeah, I mean, every it was like every blade somebody just snipped it. It was it was incredible. And did you all get out at all and uh, get out to any juke joints? And, oh yeah. yeah, oh yeah, yeah. No, we uh, so when we went, you know, in Clarksdale, we went to uh, God, I can't I can't even think of the name, but it's the place that uh, what um, Robert Johnson? No, I don't know. But yeah, Clarksdale is is the Clark- crossroads. Exactly. Yeah. So uh, there were there were a couple bands playing at the crossroads that weekend. But um, uh, what's the actor's name? Morgan Freeman. We went to his juke joint bar, and it happened to uh, to be his birthday that weekend, 
which is even which is even wilder. We didn't see him at the bar, but we saw pictures of that night before we had gotten there because most most of our guys came in kind of late. Like most everybody got there around like ten o'clock. So by the time we got to the juke joint, it was probably like 11, 11, 15 or something like that. So we got to finish the night there, but it was amazing, amazing experience. Like shout out to the flood for hosting us. I mean, those guys were, those guys were amazing. Yeah. And how many of uh, y'all end up going? Seven. <laughs> <laughs> so we, yeah. So we, uh, so we had a borrow, we had a borrow, a couple of guys from the rumblers and then uh, a couple of guys from the flood played with us and, uh, just it just so happened to be that one of the one of the guys from the flood that played with us uh, was like integral to oh, sorry integral to uh, getting us on the field. So it worked out, man. So shout out to Brendan. Thank you. That's perfect, and I'm sure even though it was just seven of you, the amount of FOMO that was created with uh, the rest of the players uh, that won't happen again. Yeah, very much so. And and you know, and I've said it, if I've said it once, I've said it a hundred times. But now, like I will go to Mississippi. Every single, like every summer until I die. Like I, I enjoyed it that much. I've only ever driven through Mississippi. I've never actually spent time there before. Yeah, same. Um, before, yeah, before this trip, I'd only ever kind of just like drove through it. Um, I, I would go back for sure. I, I loved being there, and I say this all the time, but like, I want to, I want to try to figure out if New Bern is ever like an option because. If if what New Bern was, you know, for Jack, and you know, if it had that much of an impact for him, um, then yeah, like I would love to try to try to make that happen at some point. Yeah, it'd be great to get a a group uh, of teams to go down there and play. We know we know the backstop's still there. Okay, because <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Jack built it. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> so it's still hanging in there. Uh, don't know if the if the field's getting used or not, but. Um, so what, uh, Wes? You you took the photos. I mentioned earlier the uh, the heavy uh, media presence that you all have now. Um, you've took photos for the uh, baseball cards and a lot of other stuff. But tell us a little bit about the different things that you're doing. Then. Yeah. So I, my, like I was saying, my background is like direction and photography. So I was stoked. Just, I'm just, I, I do this thing where I turn my hobbies into work and I was, my intention of joining the baseball team was like, man, I can't wait to just play baseball. And then I was like, but man, it'd be fun to work on, on this baseball <laughs> team. So, um, I had this, I just, I'm so obsessed with like retro sixties, seventies photography, the, the, the nuances of how like printed photos looked back then. And like, I've been obsessed over long before I ever met Nick or been on the team. I've been obsessed with like. How do you make a photo? How can you trick someone to think that a picture was, wasn't taken in 2019 or 2020? How do you convince them it was taken in, tw- in like 1962? And it, it's a lot more than just like your lighting or your editing or your grain and all that. So it was cool. Like when, talking to Nick, once I joined the team, I was like, man, what did we, can we do this thing? Can we like, we just, the first round is talking about FOMO with our team. It's funny. We, we had a sign up sheet. I was like, let's do baseball card photos. And like eight guys signed up. They're like, whatever. And then we did them, and then it was like everyone else was like, "Yo, wait a second. <laughs> 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 It's exactly how it works. And uh, but yeah, I I, you, I made like a Pinterest board, and sent it to Nick, and was like, "Here's some amazing like 1960s baseball card photos. We can literally just copy this. I know how to do it. It's super simple." So me and my buddy Cameron, who does like lighting on all the on all the stuff I do, came through and. And then the magic of like Randy laying down with the baseball bat in his crotch, that just happened. That wasn't planned. <laughs> so, yeah, yeah it, that's the best part about the shoot, though, too, is like there wasn't like a shot list. You know, originally it was it was to stick to the script, you know, make it look like 60s, like 60, 50s, 60s era baseball cards. But the last three people that took pictures were me, Randy and Wes. And naturally, I was like, hey, I have this Burt Reynolds idea that I think would be really, really funny. Uh, and, yeah, I mean, the rest is kind of history. I mean, you know, there's a there's a part two to this photo shoot that uh, hasn't been posted yet. Uh, and so there's there's going to be some there's going to be some gold. I think that even more raunch. Too. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, definitely, <laughs> definitely more raunch. Um, but, yeah, I mean, I think that's that's ultimately kind of the goal. Right. It's kind of like what I was saying earlier is like because we do what we do like within Sandlot, there's nobody telling you like, Hey, 
don't do this. Uh, you know, this, this has to be done a certain way. And so, you know, with that said, it's. Don't you, flip your collar up with sunglasses and a clipboard. Exactly. And, a, and an old school shiny, yeah. what do you call that? Shiny, the satin jackets or. Yeah. We, uh, yeah. Yeah. Uh, and I then, think it, yeah, corduroy. Yeah. That kind of uh, parlayed itself, those, those photographs into the shoot at luck. And I mean that used to be kind of the Playboy sweet spot. We used to do like the ad campaigns and the, the, the yeah. different things like that. I know. And and the uh, we're too old now and too ugly. But uh, you all have, have come in now and and you, you t- tell everybody about that. What you all did for that? Yeah. So that fell into our lap. Uh, to be completely honest, um, basically Sean Curran from the. Uh, Towers. Uh, from the moon towers. Yeah. He hit, he hit me up one day and he was like, Hey, my buddy is doing a shoot. We need to, uh, you know, he's looking for a baseball team to, to plan so, like to, you know, do some promotional content or whatever. And, um, yeah, no, um, we were like, yeah, I think like we just so happened to have a weekend off that we weren't playing ball. And so I was like, okay, I think we can, we can make this work. And uh, who was it? It was, it was, who was it? And who was it for? It was uh, for Luck Reunion, uh, which is the, you know, the... the it's like a... Mu- event, yeah. It, it's it, like a music event that's that's getting put on. But ultimately... On um, on, on, on Willie Nelson's... Yeah, on Willie Nelson's ranch. It's his regular... Yeah, yeah you're underplaying this yeah, t- quite a bit. Typically, it's a one-day festival or right. maybe a two-day festival. But now they want to do a 10-day event in October yeah. called Oktoberfest on Willie Nelson's ranch. Yeah. And so, yeah. Needless to say, you know, we we were like, yeah, like we'd we'd be we'd be able to do it. And then they 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 told us like the pitch, which was like, hey, it's going to be you guys in your baseball uniforms, and we're going to be shooting uh, a scene essentially, which is a uh, you know a car wash, and yeah, and yeah, super fun. And then Randy somehow ended up in like booty shorts with the Texas <laughs> from yeah. Bucky's with the Texas flag. Yeah. Hold on, a, a car wash. I mean, it's a sexy car wash. Yeah, sexy car wash. Of a Cadillac in front of a barn (laughs) with a grandma inside, uh, (laughs) totally psyched that you all are lathering up her vehicle. Like, you got to step up with the description here. And I've just seen the pictures. I wasn't there. Kind of a cute grandma. Who's a good, I want to know about more. Anyway, it sounds like Howard's pretty excited. I don't know what's going on. I've just seen the photos. I haven't had no idea. Did they release the whole thing? So I haven't seen the scene yet. No, uh, but I've seen the stills. I've seen two photos. Yeah. So, and what's hilarious is that Abigail uh, Enright, who used to play for the Playboys, is the person that took... The photos. Nice. Yeah. Yeah. I uh, What I thought was really funny on that day is that the director of photography on that shoot, uh, I want to say his, blank, his name is Zach. I don't know. Even, I can't remember his last name. But Nick, he. Um, Nick Simonite? It was, it was Zach Morrison, I want to say. Okay. I, I'm sorry, Zach, if you're hearing this. Um, him and then the director, whose name is Vanessa. I guess Vanessa had has followed me for like my photography and what I, and my directing and then Zach and I have talked about working together a long time. And the way I've never actually met either of them in person. And the way that I met them was right after I had done my shot where they had me soaping up the car. But then like, they were like now soap all over your body. Now your mouth's out. You're, you loving the soap. You're locking eyes with the camera. You're locking eyes with the soap. And then they're like, all right, that's good. And then I was like, I'm West by the way. And they're like, wait, the photographer. <laughs> and I, was like, <laughs> I was like, yeah. Weird way to meet you, but yeah. <laughs> the one of the best parts to me was like, uh, it was like it was one of the directors, and she goes, "So I'm just gonna let you know that we're gonna sexualize you a little bit. So we need you guys to, you know, to to, to dance and to get into it." And I'm like, "That's exactly what we're doing. We <laughs> we 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 completely understand what the assignment is, and so we're we're gonna try to give you a show. And that's I feel like that's just kind of." Like our mentality in general, like even with Sandlot, it's like we just want to put on a good show, like all the time. Yeah. So. The the retro Savannah Bananas, maybe I don't know. Maybe. Who knows? Maybe one day. I mean, I <laughs> S- Savannah Banana Hammocks. <laughs> I was reading a Savannah Bananas article, the one that I sent you all today. Yeah. Um, right. That uh, used Sandlot a lot. 
really? it's describing Savannah Bananas. Interesting. It was, like it, was, it was talking about they're the Sandlot representation of baseball and they're the future of baseball. It's yeah. a really interesting crossover in this article. No, I mean, that's it's so funny you bring that up. I'm actually reading the book that the, the owner wrote called Fans First right now. Yep. And it's it's super interesting if you guys haven't if you guys haven't I'm write that down. I need to check that out. No, it's 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 fun to be honest to, to kind of get into his mind and then kind of think like about the parallels that exist between the Santa uh, Savannah Bananas and uh, the Portland Mavericks, right? right. Because like I, you know, my favorite documentary of all time is is uh, Battered Bastards of Baseball. I mean, Jesus, like Kurt Russell was already my favorite actor. And then I found out that he was a ball player. And then you find out that his dad was like, you know, a kid growing up with the Yankees. I mean, talk about, talk about, a yeah, there you go. Yeah. <laughs> Amazing. You know, he just held up a Mavericks jacket. Yeah, he just held up. Yeah, for those listening, he just held up a Mavericks jacket. A satin Mavericks jacket. A satin one. Was that a Ebbets Field flannel jacket? Probably. Yeah. 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 It's um, it's impressive, and and in that book, it isn't the owner of the Savannah Bananas, the son of an owner of another team, or am I mixing that up? He hasn't. Okay, so I didn't read that. Um, it's. It hasn't really been so much about that. It's been kind of like allegories of, of how he thought about putting the team together. I know um, he, he was drafted to the Braves yeah. and then got injured. and like right he, out. he was a coach at, at 23. Yeah, right. so he, got, yeah. He, got, he was a player for the Braves, but then he went to be a coach for this, I want to say it was like a North Carolina team at the time. Maybe it was South Carolina or South Savannah, Georgia, whatever. That's literally where I'm from, and I'm forgetting all the cities. Um yeah, but it wasn't what it was then. It was like just a normal like wasn't it a minor league team? Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Because in the book he, he he like he ran another team before the Savannah Bananas, so he talks about that, and then essentially him and his wife found um, the Savannah Bananas. They went to a game at the ballpark. Like I think it's I can't remember the name. Uh, Grayson Grayson Stadium, and so it's this. It's this very old stadium, and then they fa- they went to a game there and decided to try to try to buy like that ballpark because they saw kind of the I guess like the venue for what it was, and they're like, this should not be you know this should be sold out every night. How can we do that for this place? And that's that's where it began. Right. And so it's it's definitely a book that if you if you love Sandlot and if you have seen the Savannah Bananas, you know, on the Instagram, it's definitely something that you should check out. Yeah. And I'm sure he was greatly influenced by the Mavericks and and you know definitely everything that there's gotta be. There's yeah. no there's I mean, it's the parallels there are definitely there's there it can't be a coincidence. I feel like yeah. if you're a baseball lover and you're a baseball Somewhat like if you love the history of the game and you love the stories that come along with it, it's definitely one of those that like. There's no way. There's no way that you know it's a coincidence. Yeah. Well, I want to get someone. I, I had in, or I have in my notes to get the head of marketing, um, on the podcast. So we'll see uh, who we can get on here from. That'd be there. rad. Well, all the craziness comes from the owner, right? And yeah. he's yeah. Should be easy. Yeah. Aim high there. Aim high. Have y'all seen uh, similar but uh, faux? Brock Meyer? Yes. Oh my God. Have you watched it? I haven't watched it. Hank Azaria? Yeah. Oh my God. It's so irreverent and amazing and just baseball, but hardcore. Like, he gets. I don't think there's any spoilers here because it's like, you know, he's. MLB announcer who gets outed and moved down to the minors and then hilarity ensues, but it's very like talk about no rules. Is it, um, is it done? Yeah, it's done, right? There's no moss, right? Um, yeah. I think, I think it folded. <clears throat> I mean, I think it was the channel that it was on or sorry, the channel, the, I don't know. Yeah, I don't even. Channel work. Yeah, it was aggressive. Like it's 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 not for kiddos, but it's definitely not freaking hilarious and yeah. encapsulates a lot of like that minor league shenanigan stuff, which is what I think you know with between the Mavericks and Savannah Bananas has cleaned up a little bit. 
um, in a good way because it's attracting such an amazing audience. Like what they're yep. doing from a marketing perspective is absolutely unreal. Yeah. And yeah, if more people can capture that Sandlot mentality at a professional level, um, yeah. I mean, they're onto something. That's, yeah. that's incredible. I mean, I think Sandlot has such an amazing opportunity because I feel like anytime I talk to literally anyone who doesn't passionately follow baseball, they say the exact same thing. Baseball games are long and I don't like watching them on TV. And they're like, but going to games are super fun. Like, I know all these people in Austin who are like, oh, I'll, I'm always down for a Round Rock Express game. I'm always down. Like, that's fun. Get a hot dog, drink a beer. And I'm like, Sandlot's that. It's free. It's closer. And you get to watch your friends play on, on in the games. Like, it's an amazing opportunity. Yeah. Yeah, it is. It's, it's um, and it's amazing. The Savannah Bananas, they're, they're, they do their own rules. It's like, you can get out on a foul ball if if a fan catches yeah. the ball. You can still the, the first. Banana, the yeah, still yeah. first. Still first on a pass ball. Yeah. So it speeds it speeds shit up a little bit, and we need <laughs> baseball needs that. Yeah. And have you all seen? So the other thing that that baseball is pretty good for is uh, putting you to sleep. Have you all uh, seen the, <laughs> the, the the app that is? It's called the Northwest the Northwoods Baseball sleep radio app <laughs> and it is fake nine inning baseball games That's spoken amazing. in a very gentle voice with fake commercials <laughs> and the guy has wow. got like he's got like they do one a month and they've got like six of them i i emailed him about uh about coming on the podcast but uh yeah it's it's pretty nice. I go to sleep every time. Exactly. No, that's what it is. He's it's out. like it's he's in out. it's in the gap to right center. He's gonna go for third, and that's a triple. So it's heroin baseball. <laughs> yeah, I, f- I feel like I was just thinking about this the, like a couple weeks ago watching baseball. That I feel like there is an opportunity for more interesting commentators in the in, when you're in the broadcast. Like I was, it's definitely changed. Like, I, I, they were, one of the Yankees, uh, one of the of a Yankee, like the Yankees Red Sox series. One of the uh, umps had like his shirt unbuttoned and had a chain, and the, the guys went back and forth about for like ten minutes about man, look how disco he looks. Look how disco. I'm like, dude, like this yeah. felt like so out of touch. Like he just has a chain visible. Like come on, man. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> you say you need you need an next player. You, you got two people in the booth, right? You need an ex-player who's energetic and entertaining and fun and, you know, has his or her wits about them. And an alcoholic who doesn't care. <laughs> <laughs> hey, if the mooner made a cheese, would you eat it? It's a simple question. <laughs> I know I would. I'll, I'll wash it down with a nice cold Budweiser. Budweiser. <laughs> I think that's why I like micing the players up so much is because you right. get, like, it's a break in the, like, monotone commentary that you you could just tune out and you can still enjoy the game. You get, like, these younger dudes who aren't just, like, boring old white dudes talking about baseball. Like, I don't know. Yeah. They're living the dream and getting paid millions of dollars for it. And they're jackasses like the rest of us right. just sitting around here. Yeah. And to hear them talk while they're playing, like, it's – I've seen some it's incongru- funny stuff. It's incongruent, though, to, like, what you know – like, anybody with, a like, a functioning brain knows that these people that are playing this game are not, you know they're, – they're probably not the most eloquent speakers kind of thing. And so the MLB hides that. They don't let these people be themselves – they're, and they do it on purpose, right? Because they're it's it's a money game to them. Mm-hmm. But but that, but that's that's the counterintuitive part of it, though. It it's it doesn't endear you to them at all. Exactly. Right. And it's like uh, you know Jim Bowden's Ball Four. Yes. Um, you know that that I thought was nothing but endearing. Yes. Uh, you know, maybe if I'd read it in 1960, whatever, when it came out, I would have been yeah. a, a little surprised or something. But um, it it. I, I don't understand any sport that doesn't want to allow you to be closer to the players. You know, I mean, football, you've got helmets on and I think that's why they kind of get it a little bit more and they'll mic people up a little bit more and, and make that available. It's because mm-hmm. you can't see them. You can't see their expressions. You can't see when they're in pain. You can't see that. But uh, yeah, MLB is just, it seems to be in a real um, low spot right now. And what's crazy is if you look at, like, a Mike Trout as, like, one of the highest-paid athletes of all time, and I bet you if you took, a like, a survey of a million people across America, the, f- the percentage of how few people would know who Mike Trout was compared to, like, a Patrick Mahomes 
is insane. And I just feel like that's crazy. He's like getting paid half a billion dollars for the next 10 years and people don't really know who he is. Like, Absolutely. And if you go well, worldwide, right, exactly, you know, and exactly. the NBA is going to have that cornered. And then Mike Trout's like, no one will know who he is. Right. There was a dude, I'm pretty sure a pitcher, a starting pitcher for the White Sox. And I, I don't know, I forget who his name um, was I don't pitch- know his name. I don't know the well, team. I, <laughs> I don't know anything. I don't know the sport, actually. <laughs> I can't remember. The point is, he's an all-star because he was, he was like the third or fourth or fifth pitcher mm-hmm. in, in the game for the American League, and I'm pretty sure it was for the White Sox, but I, I, don't, I didn't know the player going in. And, they, and he's mic'd up while he's pitching, and he's talking to the booth direct, like live while he's in the windup. Watch this one go. Watch this one hit. Watch this one drop low. He throws it and he strikes it. Oh, got you on that! You know, like he's <laughs> it was it was it was, and he wasn't polished. He wasn't a polished. He, he was funny. Was it he media was, he trained? Was, yeah, he was being, being he, who he, he was, was in character, yeah. and 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 it was beautiful. I mean, the, the guys in the booth loved it. Uh, he, I think he struck out the side or something. He was like, he goes, you know what he's expecting? He's like, not this. You know, and it was it was it was really cool. Yeah, it's it's silly. I mean, they they've got the seven second delay button in every broadcast made in the world now like they've got that ability there there's zero risk to have somebody yeah. talking on, yeah, on live the, the chirpiness at a sandlot game is like part of the fun and i wish we could hear that when you watch you know the yankees you know they're chirping too you just absolutely <laughs> and and hilarious and and talking about shit that i mean you know talking about a hundred hundred and what how many games hundred and sixty two yeah you know, they're talking about what they're going to get at the grocery later or, you know, or what they're going to do. I mean, they're just trying to pass the time. Yeah. That's a podcast idea. You mic up a whole team for a whole game, and then you just play that podcast, the whole conversation. Savannah Bananas, there you go. <laughs> Ooh, piece of candy. <laughs> Ooh, piece of candy. That's yeah, Randy. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> oh, man. So let me ask you guys something, because we're sitting here and we're talking about, you know, the sights and sounds of the game. Who are your favorite, uh, like, booth announcers? Favorite booth. I mean, all time is more my jam because I don't, don't watch that m- much baseball anymore. Yeah. But Joe Morgan is up there. And, um, you know, and then – I mean, and the classics, the simple ones. It's like saying Led Zeppelin and the Beatles. It's like right. Vin Scully and you yeah, know, and yeah. Harry Carey. <laughs> yeah. um, but uh, but Joe Morgan, I, I loved him, and and yeah. I loved him as a player. Yeah. Fortunately, got to grow up watching him play, and then loved him as a as an announcer. Um, I miss Joe Morgan. Yeah, like that was my that was my childhood. He's not in the booth near enough. He's he's uh, he was ESPN Baseball Tonight forever, and he was in the booth every Sunday, at that point, and then he um, separated from that entity, and now he's on the MLB Network, and he may not be in the booth at all anymore. But uh, Harold Reynolds is uh, yeah. the modern day tells it like it is. Mm-hmm. Joe Morgan told it like it was, no nonsense, but then absolute nonsense, like kind of like interpreted and and just uh, but but. Calling it like it is, not not just the game, but the stuff that we're talking about. Mike Trout, now nobody knowing Mike Trout. That's the stuff Howard Harold Reynolds is talking about, yeah. and bringing to light. And um, anyway, uh, I've always thought he was good. Daniel Northcutt, born and raised Pentecostal, I was not allowed to watch TV. That shit was of the devil. Thou shalt not worship false idols. If you had time to be watching somebody on TV, uh, you should have been in church. Not kidding. Like, I didn't watch TV. So I don't have this nostalgia. Like, as much as I love baseball <laughs> yeah. and sports I've, and played growing up, yeah. like, I was – that shit was of the devil. You, We didn't have TVs. I, I have a similar answer. I, I've watched baseball, but, I like, around 14, stopped playing, stopped watching, and I can't remember any names of any commentators, and I just don't – I watch a lot now, but I don't pick up on names. So I don't, I don't really have a, a favorite. No. I'm just horrible with names, and I read Same. something the other day. I'm supposed to – not say that because it's um, and and I don't buy any of that shit. I can say I'm great at names for the rest of my life, and I will never fucking be great. I'm bad at names. Worst trivia partner ever. <laughs> like, just don't waste the space on me. You and I'd be a terrible team then. Um, I, I, you know, um, what's his name? Milwaukee uh, 
Bob Uecker. Uecker was in the movies, right? Yeah, yeah. And I just figured because he, he's an actor, and when you know, I figured he's in character sports announcer in major league and then to learn that he really did call brewers games mm -hmm. was pretty freaking cool and he was good he was he was a hoot man he was comical yeah. uh he was he, he was fun to listen to but there, um, there's so many reasons that the commentators today almost can't be good like they they they, <laughs> they are they're handicapped in so many ways I mean, one, they can't drink on air. I was about Fact. to say, the, invent, the HR department's run all the fucking fun. <laughs> but, but the game has changed, you know, and, you, and, and, you know, like the, the amazing, and I'm not a Dallas Cowboys fan per se, and I'm not a, a Tony Romo fan per se, but when he gets in the booth in football games, he's unbelievable. Like he, he, calls what's going to happen almost He's every a psychic. play yeah. and and the strategy comes through him and you feel it and it makes the experience i agree better when today's baseball is happening there there aren't small ball isn't being played you're not squeeze bunting you're not doing you know sacrificing you're swinging for the fences and you're throwing as hard as you fucking can and that's pretty much it like what else are they going to talk about um except kind of what's what the gossip is and and that a guy looks like disco from 40 50 years ago right <laughs> Yeah, so I, I I think it's it's just uh, again it's 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 too bad. Um, baseball is a great sport, but Sandlot's um, going to do its part. And MLB hopefully will get on board. <laughs> Can we talk about for a second um, how we like how, and especially because you guys you know Northcutt and and Howard, you guys have been on the Playboys for. 15, 15 years now, the Playboys have been a team. Northcutt, I think you've been on part of the team for how long? Yeah, I've been affiliated for a long dang time. Right. But, um, 2019 is when I like, officially came on. Yeah, right. Just because he wouldn't stop making hot dogs for everybody's pleasure. <laughs> I just love wieners. What are you going <laughs> to do? What do you get like? So, and I, and I don't want this to be like a loaded question, but what, how do you see like the future of Sandlot kind of like going? Right. Because when I first started or when I first picked up on Sandlot, right, it was probably like 2016. So the Playboys had already been, you know, an institution at that fucking point. And then, you know, I had a job that took me around the country a lot and I wasn't able to, to play for or even even think about like being a part of a team or anything like that. And now I feel like within the last couple of years, it's like fucking warp speed. You know what I mean? I mean, I feel like it's not only, you know, did was it happening in Austin, but now there's cities, all kinds of cities doing it. Um, so, yeah, like what do you guys see in the future of all of it? Well, I, I think in five years, it's just going to continue to ramp up and and yeah. spread and do what it's doing um at at some point probably shortly after that i think it'll kind of fracture a little bit and people will realize who want to be competitive that they can play competitive ball with more fun and joy and the people who want to play a little less competitively can do that as well. Yeah. Um, whereas right now people are all mixing together. They're playing together. They're, they're, um, I don't want to say playing down to their opposition, but everybody gets what they're doing out there and that everybody's in it to have fun and no one is trying to dominate anyone else. Right. At some point that'll change. But I think there's at least five years, um, if not ten, of this just continuing to expand and grow and, and more people realizing that, wow, this is a game that I had forsaken that didn't appreciate me and now I can actually come back and have the greatest time you know, that I can have as an adult 
um, and and really create some community and, and enjoy some community yeah. around it. I think I don't know if I've ever told you all this. I've said this on this podcast before, but my favorite moment of all time as a playboy was, or as a sandlotter was when this little eight year old kid was standing next to his dad. They're watching the game and the kid kind of pulled on his dad's hand and looked up at him and he said, I've never seen adults have fun like this. And that's real. And, and we're all, we all feel it and we're all, you know, we all are the beneficiaries of that gift. And, and, I think there are a lot more people out there who want it. Yeah. It's interesting that that fracture comment, because like there are already the testosterone driven, like highly competitive men's league. They exist. So I feel like, I mean, I don't know, man. It's a, it's an interesting observation. I mean, production, um, because if, if sandlight, like if, you know, for all the reasons, like there's healing within sandlight and, Talking about, you know, you traveling west and, and or moving frequently when you're a kid and never really kind of getting that opportunity to, to gel and stay long term with the team. And like, like real talk, like we all have painful memories like that in some capacity. And so healing, you know, from a healing uh, perspective as an adult to be able to get out there and play. I mean, like I quit baseball because I started partying. And so I don't necessarily live with any regrets, but I missed a lot of good times in high school ball because I chose to do drugs instead, to be completely transparent. Yep. Um, and so for me, being able to go back and do drugs as an adult is, gonna, <laughs> <laughs> is amazing and play baseball. <laughs> Busted. <laughs> no, for real. I mean, like to go back as an adult and just like get another opportunity to play ball and hang out and chill is is great. But the sandlot mentality, the mentality, like I think it's going to continue to. To like <laughs> quit, you know, I, get, I can't stop if I get the giggles. Um, is going to continue to grow. Like, I feel like if we keep doing what we're doing and what we're trying to do with Sandlot Revolution and this podcast and hanging out with guys like you and all the creative, like, insane, beautiful stuff, like the teams like Parakeets and, you know, yourselves are, are producing within content and just general fun, I think that's got to grow and last. And the hotheads who want to be super competitive – are going to go play for, for those teams. Like I would like to think that Sandlot just continues to grow and, and hang out, but I guess it's really up to us to keep it that way and to keep moving that forward, you know? Yeah, that's yeah. what Sandlot Revolution is hopefully going to help shepherd for as long as possible. Yeah, and and I couldn't agree with I couldn't agree with any of that more. I mean, like the parakeets, I can tell you, like our goal is to have as much fun as possible for as long as we can. And whether that's, you know, playing competitively, you know, doing what, or just putting out like fun content that everybody fucking laughs at, or I don't know, maybe they don't, but nah, they do. <laughs> you know, I, the, I mean, the idea, I mean, the idea behind the whole team was to have fun in general, right? Like it was like, Hey, like we have, we have this opportunity to not only have fun and play baseball, but to document this. Right. And, and be and, creative around it and be creative around it. Uh, like, yeah, and so, you know, when I think about the history of baseball and I think about teams that, you know, didn't have the opportunity to tell their story, I feel like it's – we have a, a unique opportunity now to tell a story. And in 10, 20, 15 years, it's going to be documented where all of this – where all of this began. And that's why people like Wes and Rob – Come into and you're to play. You're five. I mean, I'm interrupt you, but I'm doing it anyway. Um, you know, you're five. You're five or maybe ten years younger than me, and you're five or maybe ten years older than me. And you know, if this were MLB or if this were Savannah Bananas, maybe even you know we age that age, they age out. And you look at Steve Hunt. You look at Jay. You look at. Right. El Elliot and Jim from the, the Moon Towers and their three or four teammates that are 55 years old, high school teammates from Reagan High School, and we're not going to age out. And and my innings may dwindle, mm -hmm. but I'm but I'm suiting up, and I'm wearing spikes, I'm putting on eye black, and I'm drinking beers, and I'm going to get one single a season, maybe even a double. And for to, as long Batting as... a thousand, baby. Yeah. Batting a thousand. <laughs> I'm hitting 500 at Dishfuck Field, by the way. Just saying. <laughs> um, the one thing, not that y'all intentionally left this out, but the, but 
that, that hadn't been mentioned is um, as we grow and as we get more of a platform, as we, um, you know, Nashville and their the tournament that they had right after Mississippi or right before, no, that was right after right before Raleigh, but right around the same time frame, uh, Nashville had the the, the uh, their their deal and they they centered it around a fundraiser, right? They centered it around building mir- miracle miracle fields or yep. Um, which are building fields for disabled to save. Yeah, exactly. And Access, so, yeah. And, and we all, we don't all, but many of us are affiliated, affiliated with, or are affiliating with, or are looking to affiliate with some level of charitable, um, philanthropic, uh, entity. And I think that that organically will grow is growing and will continue to grow as, Howard, you mentioned the next five or ten years expansion of teams will grow. I, I hope that that um, is certainly not a requirement, certainly not an expectation for a team. You know, come play baseball and have fun first and foremost. But the culture and the character of folks that we clientele, if you will, that was that you see in Sandlot are are uh, good humans, and and I think we're going to continue to see more and more. Uh, I think we're going to get a bigger awareness because of hopefully we'll see a bigger awareness because more and more teams are affiliating with whomever it is that they feel like they need to affiliate with to, to bring some attention or draw some money or, or just have some kids come and sit it's in the an op- with you or whatever. It's an opportunity that people are taking. Right. The opportunity is there to bring more than just playing, like play, raise awareness, and, and people are doing it. Well, baseball, I mean, baseball to me is just like such an amazing form of escape, and I feel like it's escape for the audience, but it's also escape for us. And I feel like, I don't know if you guys know this, but the world's a little fucked right now <laughs> in a lot of ways. <laughs> but fact. you know what isn't is baseball. It's just fun to come and throw. It's the, I feel like it's the most accessible, besides maybe soccer, it's like the most accessible sport in America where you just need a ball and two gloves. And anyone, everyone, anyone and everyone loves throwing a baseball. And for me, it's been like this amazing, like you're saying, like inner child healing to just like, Three times a week, throw a, throw a baseball. Once a week, go hit hit some baseballs. Maybe get to play a game. Hit a home run. Yeah. Lo- hit a home run. A long time last game there. It's yeah. like congrats. Uh, nice. This is cool. Um, yeah. But it's like that's like a wild feeling, and for and also like you're saying with like the charitable aspect of it, it's like and we get to do good. We get to like do fundraisers exactly. and stuff. It's like, yeah. it, I mean, we're very fortunate to be in the position to like have the health and and physically just be in Austin somewhere where this is happening. It's just, it's pretty, uh, it's pretty fucking cool. Yeah. It's such a win-win like all the way around. Um, <laughs> Hoodie, Hoodie tries to pull a, a portion of a quote off of every podcast and like t-shirts that'll never get made, but we have a t-shirt for every podcast. I feel like, I feel like the, the t-shirt for this podcast is the world is fucked. <laughs> Sandlot ain't. <laughs> exactly. West <laughs> Alice. <laughs> Do it. Yeah, I'll co-sign that. <laughs> I was trying to grab the mic. Whenever there's, whenever we record two guests, Northcott and I share a mic because we have four mics. Howard has one as the, the MC of the show, and then our two guests, you know, we're not dicks to them and make them share one. So Northcott and I fall on the sword. And uh, I was grabbing the mic, trying to grab the mic from Cut when you said that to state exactly <laughs> what you did. That's the, that's the shirt. Uh, for those of you who don't know, the world's f- kind of fucked, but baseball and sandlot ain't. Yeah. <laughs> well, listen, that is uh, pushing right up against our time limit here, um, and uh, our equipment's starting to fall apart. The equipment's fucked. We can edit this out later. Uh, what if it were made of barbecue spare ribs? Would you eat it then? I would. I would. And I would wash it down with an ice cold Budweiser. <laughs> Thank you guys so much for coming today. It's uh, a blast. Thank you. It, this was incredible. Like this has definitely been one. Of, no offense to any of our other podcast guys, it's, but like I, we could roll for another couple hours on this just because it's so like fun. But I think that's a testament to obviously y'all personally, your your creative <laughs> genius, and who the Parakeets are as a team. Like within Sandlot, as it is like just growing at lightning speed, it's cool to see the different teams as they come into their own because each team is a character, you know? Um, and I think that's largely defined by their city, by other teams, other Sandlot teams that are around them, but obviously the individuals who, who make them up and damn dudes, uh, y'all just a bunch of fun guys. We love playing against y'all. We love being involved with y'all out the long time. And 
it's been a real pleasure to have y'all here today. So thank y'all. Yeah, thank, thank you. Yeah, and I, and I we could go another couple hours, and I said let's do it sometime when when y'all are not let's not go. today, but let's do another yeah. hour. Let's get Randy in here. And and I didn't get a chance to say so you so we you joined when we did in 2018, kind yeah. of the swarm of the four yeah. or five Austin teams that that came on in the, the same year. And uh, um, yeah, Nikki Keaton is 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 what I call him. You're one of my favorites around, and uh, one of the best captains of a team. And you guys, the Keats, whatever you see on our our. Uh, our schedule are always one of the most fun teams to play, most competitive but fun. And um, so, anyway, thanks for being in the league, being who you are, and thanks for being here today for sure. And yeah, I'll add to that, Nick is uh, the leader that none of us deserve. I mean, I feel like we always talk about how <laughs> we always talk about how uh, baseball's fun. It's all about having fun, but you know, winning is also fun. And Nick always reminds us of of all those things and and calms us down when we get a little heated. But uh, yeah. Nick, Nick's, Nick's the captain we don't deserve. I love it. Nick's the captain. That's a t-shirt I want. No, I like the the world. <laughs> We're not putting Nick on t-shirt. We put We're not putting me on a t-shirt. That's I want his sure. face. <laughs> Thanks, guys. Thanks, guys. Thank you. Cheers. Thanks, guys. Our theme song is by The Tender Things, written by number 33 of the Texas Playboys, Jesse Ebal. Ball.